Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, God is one. Amen. Today is the last Sunday of the year, the liturgical year, that is. We've passed through the season of waiting and expectation called Advent in order to come to the birth of our Savior in the world at Christmas. We celebrated his being known, uh, being made known into the world at Epiphany. Um, we prepared to journey with him to the cross in Lent. We walked through the drama of his last week in Jerusalem during Holy Week, and then marked his resurrection from the dead and the beginning of a new kind of life at Pascha. We laid the theological foundations of what resurrection life means for us and the world during Eastertide, sitting with Jesus' words to his apostles during that time. We moved to the celebration of his coronation as king of all of creation at the Feast of Ascension. We prayed for nine days in preparation for the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost to enliven the church for its mission and marked the complete revelation of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit at Trinity Sunday. Then we've been working our way through the rest of the year with all its daily struggles, punctuated by saints' days and commemorations, daily prayers, the occasional requiem, mass. Being nurtured the whole way through Jesus' teachings and being fed sacramentally through his body and blood. Going through this life that the time after Pentecost and Trinity Sunday um, really makes real for us um, by counting days based on the life of our Lord. We've been counting all this time, this Sunday after Trinity, this next Sunday after Trinity. So we've been counting, 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 counting our way through life. But this life is one that we describe in one of our Marian anthems as this veil of sorrow. And that's not to say there can't also be joyful times and moments in life, just as you can have a few joyful moments in exile. But are we not daily haunted by this notion somewhere in our minds and in our hearts that we're not really home? This is something C.S. Lewis honed, on, honed in on uh, and called Zainzucht, this German word that means this desire for something that I know not what it is. He said, if we never feel at home in this world, does it not make sense to think that we must be meant for a home somewhere else, that this world isn't our home. This is a deeply human intuition, but the church is able to say for certain, yes, this is not fully our home, or at least it's not what our home is supposed to be like. In the one of the Psalms that we pray to morning prayer, we said that this world will be folded up like a garment and put away. The foundations of the very earth that we're standing on will just be wrapped up and, and put away. It's nothing for God to decreate something that he's already created. And we're looking for a creation more fulfilled than the one we're in right now. That's not to say God's going to waste what he's made. He's going to keep what's good and what's not will be burned away with fire. So we are waiting for that fulfillment. We're waiting for something else. And the lesson that we heard just now from Jeremiah the prophet He's addressing the Jews in exile in Babylon. 
he gives them a word from Yahweh, their God, a fortifying and nourishing word for them, surrounded as they were by strange gods and practices and culture. About the promise of return from exile, a return to Judah and to Jerusalem. The figure from the line of David that he's talking about who would accomplish this was reckoned to be also that great prophet that Moses said would eventually come into the world as well in Deuteronomy 18.15. Because when the people in the story that we heard at the gospel saw the miracle that Jesus did with the loaves and the fishes, they were convinced that this was that prophet that Moses promised, that this was that righteous branch that Jeremiah promised. Even though uh, they were already back in the land of Judah from Babylon, they had come back, many of the other tribes of Israel were still scattered everywhere. And even Judah wasn't free, but under first uh, Greece's and then Rome's heavy hand of oppression. So how will this prophet, this messianic king, accomplish all that they expected of him? By overthrowing the Romans? by gathering back in all the lost tribes, by becoming king of Israel and then the whole world? In short, yes, he would accomplish all of these things, but not in the way that they imagined. He would overthrow the Roman Empire by converting it into a Christian empire. He would gather in all the lost tribes of Israel, not by transporting them geographically from where they'd wandered off to or been exiled to back into a geographical land, but by taking his life to where they were and gathering them into his body. We see this in the gospel spreading all through the world by the power of the Holy Spirit and the apostles that were sent out. And Jesus accomplished all this not by becoming king in Jerusalem with a robe and a crown in the way that they were looking for. Instead, he had a purple robe thrown on his open sores in mockery, and he had a crown of thorns put on him. The throne on which he became king was not a throne in a palace, but was a wooden cross on the hill of Golgotha. This is the way that Jesus accomplished bringing his new life into this current world. This is the way he accomplished beginning to bring the true fulfillment of creation into creation in exile. And so this both andness, the fact that we're still in exile, but also the kingdom is breaking into it, this is a reality that we've been living with for a while, but it is really summed up in a day like today, which functions in our church calendar as sort of a pivot point, because we are looking at fulfillment and completion. In the gospel story, Jesus is essentially enacting a parable. Yes, it's a miracle. He does a great thing, and people had a a wonderful lunch when they weren't expecting it, and they were amazed, right? But what's the real value of what he did? It wasn't to feed people this one day. It was to demonstrate that he is the source of creation and to uh, figuratively show that he is full of abundance and that in him we know that we have the promise of abundance. We see 12 baskets the number 12 always functioning as the figure of completion and fulfillment uh, for the Hebrews. So 12 baskets full of food left over after everyone had had their fill. So everyone eats and is full, and then there's more fullness. So we see in today's gospel story and in our propers this notion of fullness and completion because we are completing our year. We have come to the end. This is now our fullness. 
And yet, we're fulfilling a year, another year of exile. And so this Sunday does something else for us too. It starts to um, change our mindset back into that Advent mindset by preparing us to look in expectation for even more fulfillment. The beginning of Advent especially will be focused on looking for the return of Jesus to end time, to uh, pass judgment on the world. Judgment is another word for justice. We should probably say justice instead of judgment more because it has a different connotation and it, it's more uplifting. Justice is only a scary word for those who are, um, well, in need of, of punishment. For those who are looking for justice to be, uh, to, to lift them up out of pain and sorrow and sadness and oppression, what a good thing that is. And so we're looking for the return of Jesus to pass judgment, execute justice on the world. And we do that even today. This is, no matter how many days we count um, after Trinity, so in any given year, you could have 22 Sundays after Trinity, 24, 28 sometimes. No matter how many it is, whatever the Sunday is before Advent begins, this is the Mass. These are the propers that we have. So we stop counting and we do this day, the Sunday next before Advent. It's a special Sunday that we always, it's almost like the beginning of Advent, but not quite. Kind of like Septuagesima is almost the beginning of Lent, but not quite. It's preparing to prepare. Today is preparing us to prepare in Advent. And so there's this dual character today that mirrors the dual character of life. Today we have both fulfillment and we also have expectation. And so as we commune today, as we continue hearing the, the prayers, the propers, the scriptures, and as we see Jesus on this altar and commune with him, know that that prayer of the Hebrews in exile can still be our prayer just because Jesus is here fulfilling us doesn't mean that there's not still more fulfillment yet to come. So let's keep our hearts open for that extra fulfillment. And especially let's not be weighed down by the counting of days in this life, the feeling of exile, because God is with us, but God will be fulfilling everything as well. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, God is one. Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.